All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we are right in the midst of our pre-NCAA tournament podcasting right now and back by popular demand, a very famous man from this past week, voice of the Hoyas, Rich Fodkin. Rich, the last time we spoke was right before the Big East tournament, and I know one of the things you said is, well, you know, maybe we'll be back. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you believed it, but here we are. <laughs> well, Bobby, you know what? There must have been some part of me that believed it because here we are. I, but, but to be very honest with you, for Georgetown, to, I figure we can handle Marquette, okay? We, we can yeah. play with them. But then, then to go against Villanova, you know, whether, whether Gillespie was out, I mean, just the way Jay Wright has his team playing it always at a very high level. Then to go through Seton Hall, who was playing basically for an NCAA berth. Okay, and then to go and beat Creighton, who normally takes care of business against Georgetown for the most part, and was yeah. destroyed. I mean, they, they were absolutely destroyed, Bobby. They're, they're, they're four of their five starters were combined, as you well know, six of 35. That's unheard of. I think that's unheard of. And I don't know if you saw me tweet it or you heard me say it, but if I had told you before the game, hey, Rich, here's the deal. Timothy Egoefe, Malcolm Wilson, and Jamarco Pickett are all going to have the same point total. Do you think that's good or bad for Georgetown? <laughs> I figure I figure that was that was bad for Georgetown. Well, the only good thing about it is they got in the game, which means either there was a blowout on their end or they were winning by a lot. Let, let me say one more thing about the six for thirty-five. Yeah. If you go back in the record book when Georgetown beat Kentucky. Right, and in yep. the second half, as you remember, three for 33. And Kentucky had, and I keep alluding to this, they had Bowie, Turpin, Master, Beal, and Skywalker. All five were 1,000-point scores. Walker was later on because he was only a sophomore at the time. But to yeah. have five guys of that Kentucky caliber offensively to go three for 33, which much like Creighton went for those guys, six out of 35 for the ball game in that blowout. No, the, I mean, just what happened. I, I mean, you've been calling a lot of games, right? I, you know, I, I saw the the tweet that's kind of circulating around that you've, you know, this will be the sixth decade in which you've called a game. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen, whether it's Georgetown, whether it's their opponent, or whether it's, you know, one of these games before, in a tournament setting before Georgetown plays, a school go on a 46-8 to eight run? No. No, especially in a tournament like that. No, yeah. no, no, it was a 46 to eight run. In one time it was 13, six Creighton. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you knew, you knew it was, it was 52 to 21 when Belay hit that three. Yeah. I, I, I looked, I looked at that sheet. I looked at that scoreboard. I said, am I dreaming or is this real? Of course it's real, but it was just unbelievable. You just wonder what Greg McDermott was thinking. I mean, I know what, I'm sure what Patrick was thinking Let's go just end this thing here and go on to the NCAA. But you can you imagine what Greg McDermott was going through just the way Georgetown played in that entire 40 minutes? I think it's a situation where I asked Patrick this after they lost to Connecticut when they gave up 98. And I asked him, is this a type of game where you just get rid of it or do you try and learn from it? And he said, mm-hmm. well, we're going to try and learn from it and then we're going to burn the tape. I think if I'm yeah. Greg McDermott, I might just burn that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to burn it because you have to look ahead now because you, <laughs> there's nothing you could learn from that. 
I mean, they, they just played awful. I mean, they had looks, but they just couldn't hit a thing. And, but I think Georgetown's defense was so strong, and, and nobody could ever get untracked, either inside or outside. After Bishop hit that first alley-oop, he didn't score again. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's kind of what happens in Georgetown games. So it's, you know, for the fans out there, I wouldn't get too concerned when Georgetown gives up an easy hoop to start. That's just sort of yeah. the way it's been going. I know, yeah. I, I thought it gives up an easy alley-oop like that. And then is that the precursor of things to come? But, you know, Georgetown, again, you know, went on that nice little run. And But, Bobby, that, that 46 to 8 spurt or whatever those numbers were is, like, almost unheard of, especially in tournament play with Creighton. I mean, okay, any other team, you wonder. But Creighton, they, they did just too good, too good offensively to score eight points in that run. Sticking with the Big East recap, since it was such a glorious week for the Hoyas before we get to Colorado and the 12 versus 5 matchup on Saturday, you've been to all the Big East tournaments, correct? Yes. Well, except except this one. Yeah. Well, but I, I, you I, were been, still calling the games. We're going to go ahead and count that. Yeah, I, I, I would say I would put an asterisk after it and say I was at least present emotionally, if maybe not physically. Right, right. So yeah, go ahead. This has never happened before. So four different games for Georgetown. You had four different leading scores. Okay, when they played four games in in 2010, you had Monroe led them twice, Chris led them twice, and then Jason Clark tied with Monroe for one game. But we had a situation where when I was trying to think of the all tournament team and who was going to be the MVP, Georgetown had you had Jamarco Pickett. You had Chudier Bile, okay? You had Javon Blair, and you had Dante Harris. And Kudus Wahab never led them in scoring, but he was kind of a double-double machine. Had you ever seen a more balanced output from the Hoyas during one of their tournament runs? No. I, I, that, I, that's what people ask me. They said, what was the key? I said, well, obviously defense and rebounding, but I said balanced scoring. That on, on any given night, they all spread the wealth around. I mean, Bile had 19 in the championship game. I thought Blair played well. Pickett had those two monster games. You know, he really, you know, struggled the last ball game. Dante Harris has been consistent. And Wahab has been almost a double-double man throughout. Yeah. And so you, you had a tremendous balance scoring. And I think that's what kept Georgetown in, in the tournament championship run because you didn't rely on one guy. And defensively, you had a D up on all of them. And I, th- I thought, Bobby, Dante Harris was just tremendous. I mean, his energy. His defensive pressure, not turning it over very much, and made some major, major key baskets. Every time Georgetown, you know, Blair made some big ones, but every time they needed a big basket, I'm talking about some of those games that went down to the wire. Dante Harris was there against Seton Hall. The three shots against, uh, he made that big basket down the stretch uh, against Villanova. I mean, so, you know, the, the, the kids really come to play and to get the most valuable player, that, that's special as a freshman who didn't start the first five games of the season. Yeah, you know, and while it's obviously a very ambitious goal, you know, Patrick Ewing has two Big East Tournament Championship MVPs. Dante Harris has three more years to catch him. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just love that kid. I just I just love his energy and, you know, just the way he plays the game. I mean, he doesn't quit. Sure, there's on occasion when he turns it over and gets a little wild, but you know what? I, I don't mind that. I, I think you have to allow this kid to play the way he plays because he's going to make some special plays, and you have to let him just play his game. I, I don't think you can rein him in too much. 
you can't. He has to be him. You've been part of all of this. I've been trying to think if there's any way to describe it. You know, we had Reggie and the Miracles in 87, but for the yeah. people that aren't familiar with that run, that wasn't an upstart team, okay? That was a team that won the Big East. You know, they earned a one seed in the tournament. So while right. Reggie and the Miracles kind of makes it sound like it was, you know, a miracle situation, what we're living now is kind of more like a miracle. So have you been able to come up with any sort of a name? I haven't. No, I, I haven't either. It's just, uh, <laughs> you know, I just you want to call them the pandemic kids. I don't know. I think it's, you know, ever, ever since January the 30th, when they came back after the, the COVID, I guess, you know, I, you, you say they, 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 this is the pandemic somehow resurrected Georgetown. After yeah. three weeks off, they came out. What are they, 10 and 4, Bobby, since, since, the, since the break? Yeah, the post-pause performers. Yeah, yeah, the post-pause performers. Of the, the, you have to have something based on the COVID-19, the pandemic or something, because that's what we're in. It's, um, you know, to, but, but again, after three weeks off, to go back and look at the teams they beat after this, right, especially this last week. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think one of the X factors – is Chudier Bile getting in the starting lineup. Yeah. He brought them a different dimension, just brought them energy, the three ball, the block shots, the rebounding, just running the floor and uh, being up. I mean, you know, he, he, he brought them a lot, a lot of energy that maybe they didn't have when he was coming off the bench. You know, that first game against Marquette, he played 12 minutes. Last game against Marquette, he destroyed them. So, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. he's, been, he's been on the floor 30, 32 minutes a game if he stays out of foul trouble. And I think I think what really changed as well, and I know it was a head scratcher for a lot of Hoya fans. I know myself, I was trying to figure out what Patrick was doing with putting Javon Blair on the bench, particularly mm-hmm. when the one game he didn't play. But I want to go back to, like you said, Belay getting a starting role was a big move. But the opposite of that move was Donald Carey sort of was trying to – he wasn't as productive off the bench. So mm-hmm. without knowing what Blair did, when we just talk basketball-wise, it actually, is, I think, really helped Donald Carey. And I know I didn't mention him as one of the guys that was in contention for an all-tournament bid, but you tell me if I'm wrong. I think one of the biggest plays of the tournament was it's 9 nothing Villanova – and you're starting yep. to think, oh boy, here we go. And he hits a yep. four-point play. And Rich, four point play. I think he's yep. got three and or four of those this year. Yes, he did. In fact, he made ma- major plays down the stretch. And you say, Bobby, he had he had that one four-point play. He had two other games where he had – or one other game. Didn't he have two four-point plays in one of the games? Yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and he hit, you know, threes. Remember, he hit the three against Creighton to beat the shot clock. I mean, so the, this kid – and, and he doesn't really turn the ball over that much. I mean, you know, he he, yeah. he does what he's supposed to do. I think he's shooting something like 42 or 43 from three-point range, which is pretty good. He makes like 85% of his free throws, and he averages close to eight points a game. So he's been a contributor. You know, a lot of people don't talk about him, but Donald Carey has really – he's been one of their steady guys. I mean, he's one of their top seven. I mean, I, I, I think he has really contributed significantly in this run as well. Before the tournament came up, Georgetown had made 22 previous semifinals. And this was uncharted territory because when they got to their 23rd semifinal, they still had to win it all to make the tournament. And previously, when they'd been in the, when they, the only other time they'd been in a semi and not made it was that 2000 team. Okay. And 
So they had 21 of 22 times. When Georgetown gets to the semis, Georgetown means business. Usually they're thinking about cutting down the nets and they're thinking about seeding in the NCAA tournament. This group had to do something that you have to go back in your brain. This is like when they, in 1975, 76, 79, they had to win the ECAC to get the bid. Did you have that feel? And can you just kind of, you know, tell everyone what it was like going into those those tournaments where they basically had to win it. Well, I remember back when you had to win that tournament to get the bid. That's right. Yeah. The old ECAC. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then coming around this time, you know, you know, second, it doesn't count in yeah. order for them to get the postseason, They had to win the tournament and, and uh, yeah. And, and, and they did, I mean, they, they had to win it and they did, which, which is amazing. And, and look at the teams that they went through again. I mean, there, there was no cakewalk. You beat a number one seed, and then you beat a tough Seton Hall team. You're sure they were struggling of late, but then to beat Creighton, who had just beaten Connecticut, I mean that that's just that that's amazing. You know, you 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 beat two teams in the in the top twenty, and then of course you beat Seton Hall, who Bobby is not half bad either. Well, they'd probably be in the in the tournament if they didn't lose that camp. That's correct. If they won that ball game, they'd probably be in the tournament. Absolutely. Yep. yep. And yep. I I always I always butcher his name, and I know you can say it. Pickett shut down one of the biggest players of the year. Mamu Kelashvili. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I just can't. I just call him Mamu. Yeah. Well, it's it's easier, you know. But uh, if, if if you say it enough, it just rolls off your tongue like like uh, Chief Kicking Stallion Sims that used to play for Stetson. Stetson. You have to just 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 say it and say it and say it and say it. In, in fact, uh, years ago, there was a guy for Seton Hall named Romantis Hakinas. And their broadcaster used to also say that the the, the late War, Warner Fusel used to say, "Rich, it's romantic. Calkinas, you got to say it the right way." And I kept practicing. Is I said, "Warner, is it romantic?" He said, "That's right. You got to get it right." You know, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that that's part of the fun of all this. Now you got to look at like preparing for Colorado, a team yeah. that we barely ever see unless late night TV in the Pac-12. You know, it's not like you see like Louisville and these teams throughout the course of the year, at least a couple of times, you never see Pac-12 teams unless you're up till midnight watching those games. No. And then even then the Pac-12 network has kind of a weird TV deal. So you get some of their games on some of their games. You get lucky if they're on ESPN and then Bill Walton is kind of distracting, even though I love him. And I remember, you know, I think of him more as an NBA analyst when he actually, as a kid, I knew he was sort of out there a little bit and funny, but he's gone just completely a different direction. Oh yeah, he's gone. He's gone really off. And he recently, you know, remember he used to do a lot of the Georgetown games for a long time. Yeah. You know, in, in the tournament for he CBS. He was on CBS. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I used to talk to Bill all the time. You know, and he. I mean, he's a funny guy, but I mean, he's really, you know, he's in a different different uh, zone, I guess today. Yeah. Well, you know, he had Georgetown in his Final Four bracket the year. Was it ninety when they lost to Xavier? Yes, he had them. I think Georgetown was a three seed, and you know I remember as a kid, and Bill Walton was you know saying, "Hey, this is going to be great. This is going to make a run." I'm a center. Yep, that was at the Hoosier Dome in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. So I was always had a a soft spot for him after that. Rich, one of the side effects of what happened this week, and you're actually part of it, is that Georgetown mattered. You know, you know, for all the people that sometimes if it comes up in conversations, is Georgetown a blue blood? And, you know, for me, probably not. Blue blood is probably just, you know, Kentucky 
Indiana, Duke, Carolina, UCLA. Yeah. That's for yeah. me. But then when you get yeah. to that list, like right below Blue Bloods, I think yeah. Georgetown's in that mix. And it's not just them. There's a couple other schools as well. But I think Georgetown's right there. And one of the ways you know, and Ben brought this up the other day, I think he, I think he said it well, was that when they're doing well, people care. People want to care. No disrespect. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to name another college, but there's other colleges in the Big East or other universities that could have done what Georgetown did, and it would have been a little bit more quiet. It would have been there wouldn't have been as much buzz. But the right, next right. thing you know, I'm sitting there watching ESPN, and there, I, you know, I flip over to see what the scores are, and they're using your soundbite to lead to a commercial break. Mm. You know, yeah. and then they come back, and you know, they show the highlights. They show Ewing complaining about the security, not knowing who he is. And then they say, now let's just listen to the, the great Rich Shavakin from 106.7. And they put the 106.7 up in the corner. And then they do the Hoya wins. And then they, you know, they have a counter. One, two, three, four. <laughs> so first of all, I have to ask you, do you know that that's happening? And what is it like? Because you're, you're the guy. You know, Bobby, I really don't know what's happening. I don't know how many Hoyas wins I say until they tell me. I mean, I, I don't sit there, you know, like with a clicker, you know, one, two, three, four. I say whatever the moment is, and if it's 20 or 21 or eight or three, whatever, whatever it is, and I, I just say, okay, that's enough, and I shut it down. And then and then they tell me how many you did. I mean, that first go round when I did 23, I had no idea. I thought it might have been 15, 18, but I think that's a record. Look, I, I, I told you, and I said, if we win the Big East tournament, coach, I said, I, I, I'll stay there all night. <laughs> and he just got to kick out. Because he, he loves it. He, get, he gets, everybody gets caught up in that Hoyas wins. It's just yeah. a signature thing. You know, when they say, Bobby, it's just, just a signature of Georgetown winning. It's just been, just been part of the program. It is, it is great, but, you know, it hasn't been as big of a deal recently. But then as soon as Georgetown gets back, Boom. It's like everyone remembers. Everyone knows that, you know, Georgetown has Rich Fotkin and we're going to we're going to go and we're going to, you know, use the local radio broadcast. And then even this morning I get up. OK, I usually listen to the sports junkies. I know a couple of the guys used to play soccer with them. And one of the first segments they have. So they're on one of six, seven, which is where you're broadcasting from. So there's that relationship. But they're all they're also local guys and they're trying to figure out. They're, hey, does anyone know how Rich comes up with this? I love it. Does he, before the game, think about it? And, you know, what, one of the guys said, well, I think he just says it until he has to take a breath. <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. I just say it until <laughs> I forget, okay, that's enough. I, I guess the message comes across, Hoy is one, right? <laughs> so, yeah, and then, you know, the other guy, I think it was JP, said, well, I think it depends. You know, if you beat Villanova like you do at the buzzer, you're going to get a lot. If you beat Mark, oh, yeah. if you beat Creighton by 25 in a game that's been over for two hours almost, yeah. you're not going to get as many. Well, exactly, yeah, because it's it's the it's the it's the you get caught up in the moment. I mean, you come down to the wire and beat Villanova, you know, you get that last second stop, then then, then you just let it go because that that that's the emotion of it. You know, if you're up 25 with five seconds to go, what, what's the what's the thing of saying Hoyas wins just a few times because game's over? Well. If they get to the national championship and they win by thirty, I want to. I want to get a bunch of Hoyas wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens in these uh, next 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 round here, Bobby. Uh, you know, they, they have a week off now. Okay, so they they played last Saturday. They don't yeah. play again until next Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see how they do with a week off with all the momentum 
and all the pressure that they had on them for four days and you had to win all four. Now, are they playing with house money? What, what's the mindset going to be? Because this is going to be interesting to see, you know, by playing at Hinkle Fieldhouse, at yes. least they have some familiarity with the court. You know, they know the background. They've had very good success there. They just know the way the arena is. It's just unfortunate. You're not going to have any fans. Well, you're not going to have many fans there. You're going to have some. But at, but right. at least they have familiarity with, with that hardwood. And they've done very well there. They've done, I mean, of all the teams, you know, even when Georgetown struggled a little bit recently and Butler has been better, they go to Hinkle and they win. And I think I've I made know. the joke that they should try and play more games there. And now you're in a situation <laughs> where we know they're going to play at least the first round, I think, and the second round, I think would also be there, but I'm not sure. And Hinkle's also going to host, you know, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. Now, I know that there's yep. more to basketball than just playing on a certain court, but it can't hurt. No, at least it's nice to have familiarity. You know, when you go to the NCAA tournament, the way they used to have it in the past, you'd be lucky maybe if you played on that court one time before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there have been many tournaments where that was the first time they've gone to that venue over the course of the year. So this is something where, you know, everybody has played on that court at least once. And uh, so it gives you some familiarity. and, and, And obviously Blair has been there four years. Pickett's played at that court four years. And uh, so, you know, it may give them just a little bit of an edge. So Georgetown is the 12th seed, which is unusual. Yeah. The, you know, we've only seen them be a double-digit seed twice, uh, 97 and uh, 2001. The 2001 team got probably a lot of Hoyas win after Nat Burton beat Arkansas. I imagine that's, that's oh, a pretty that good was, highlight. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so the Hoyas have some success as a double digit seed. And that's what they are here with Colorado, 12 o'clock on CBS and on 106.7 or 980. We'll have to see which I one has I it. I think it's not 980 on Saturday. So how early do you get into looking at the opponent? I know, you know, Patrick Ewing has been doing it since last night, but for you, like how quick do you want to get those names? Well, I, I started last night as soon as they got the seed. Okay. I mean, I start looking, I start looking at Colorado and, Obviously, the point guard is just tremendous. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he's led them, I think, in scoring 26 of the 32 games and led them in assists, I think, 28 times. And, you know, the, Bobby, this guy scored over 1,800 points. He was the, he was the uh, Minnesota Basketball Player of the Year, Pac-12 all, you know, first team, over 600 rebounds, 660-some assists. I mean, this guy is special. You know, they, they talk about him in the, in the same breath as Chauncey Billups. Which, yeah, which is I heard that. Good. And uh, they, they shoot as a team, Bobby, 82% from the line. 82%. I mean, Georgetown shoots about 76, but this team, 82%. You know, they, they have a balanced scoring team. They don't turn it over very much. They've won six of their last seven. They've, they've beaten eight of the 12 NCAA teams in the tournament. They're eight and four against the teams in the tournament. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're well tested. I mean, Tad Boyle does a great job. You know, he, uh, he he basically went to Kansas with Turgeon. I think they're two years difference, but uh, but basically he can coach him up. I mean he's gotten he's gotten a good run over the years. You know Colorado's one of those teams you never hear of because you know they play out so late, and you're always thinking of UCLA or Oregon or USC. You don't think of Colorado, but they're right there. They 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 were they were right there to win the tournament, and and Oklahoma. I mean uh, Oregon State upset them. You know seventy sixty eight in the final. I mean, uh, Colorado was all set to win that tournament. 
So they're, they're, they're not an easy out. That is for sure. Oh, no. I don't think anyone is thinking that. Well, you know what this game reminds me of? You remember okay. the game we played Utah a couple of years ago? Well, I don't want to remember that. Game? Yeah, well you well, you remember that game, that, that, yeah. that Saturday game up, up in uh, up in Portland. Portland Motor Center team. Yeah, yeah, the Motor Center. This, this Colorado team reminds me of that same kind of kind of team. The same kind of personnel, tremendous guards, you know, they 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 just they just play smart and they have a good coach. So Georgetown's gonna have to bring it in order to win this game. They 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 they're not gonna be able to turn the ball over, you know, eighteen, twenty times and they're, they're going to have to really D him up and control that point guard. I mean, he, he's he's tremendous. Now, psychologically, and I want to get your opinion on this, that this is a Georgetown program that has earned the reputation, unfortunately, of having these great regular seasons, and then you kind of just pray that they don't get upset because they had a couple right. of those yeah. results, okay? now, yeah, but as, high, as higher seeds. They, they were higher seeds. When that happened, they're like a two-three, right? Two seed, three seed, and they got beat by the lower, the fifteen. They got beat by the fourteen, Ohio, the fifteen, Florida Gulf Coast, all that stuff. The so, DCU do you think? Game, do you yeah. think this is the perfect way for Georgetown to exercise those demons because the pressure's not on them? They're not favored That's in correct. this game. They're the That's twelfth correct. team, they're, they're, right? They're, they're the twelfth seed. They're playing against you know Colorado, winning six of their last seven, you know, and and Colorado being a five, so Colorado's a higher seed. So again, Bobby, they're playing pretty much with house money. Yeah, yeah I, then, I just think if it's you, if you if you can win this one, then you got Florida State, who Georgetown's never beaten, and you remember UNC Greensboro back on November the twenty eighth. That's when this all started, year. Rich. That's, that's when, this, when all this all started. Started, yeah. That that's when all the the transfers started after that game, after that uh, uh, UNC Greensboro won sixty five sixty one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is yeah. Georgetown's not beat. So I'm going to, the Xavier loss hurt me in 1990, but you know what loss really hurt me was the 92 loss to Florida state because oh, yeah, yeah. they out were out winning out big out in the second half. Yeah. And they came out in Boise. Man. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so oh, I, yeah. I know they lost that one to Florida state. And then I know they lost to them in a really high scoring NIT game. Right. Down in Tallahassee. Yeah. And I can't remember any yeah. other, any other games against the Seminoles, but we don't need to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think the UNC Greensboro, I'm surprised Wes Miller's still there. I think he would be a great coach at a bigger school. He's done a phenomenal oh, yeah, yeah. job. I think they're the Spartans. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're, so, they're, they're, they're a nice team. I, I saw them win the SoCon championship against Mercer. You know, uh, Isaiah Miller is just a tremendous player. You know, he's twice player of the year, twice defensive player of the year. I mean, he's a special player. You know, I mean, if, if they can beat Florida State and they play Georgetown, I mean, Isaiah Miller's the guy you got to stop, you know. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I know Russ, that the Russ coaches, you know, the coaches, from what I understand, they each kind of, they're, while, while they're focused on the Buffaloes, they have to do a little bit of getting ready for the possible opponents. Do you do that as well? Oh, sure. I, I think, yeah. I mean, you got to get ready for the Buffaloes. But then, you know, two days later, it's either Florida State or UNC Greensboro, both good teams. I mean, Florida State's got a load of talent, Bobby. I mean, you look at that roster. I mean, they they're they are tremendously athletic. Well, and, and uh, you know, they're they're so deep that the kid left to go to to go to Seton Hall. I know, I know, I know. No, yeah, I know. Well, Obiagu, I mean, they have like four seven footers at one time. You remember when we played them down in the NIT? It was like seven footer after seven footer after seven <laughs> footer. Yes, yeah. 
No, they, they, you know, Leonard Hamilton gets great players. They're great athletic players. You know, they, they run the floor, high flying dunkers and all that stuff, you know, Malik Beasley type players. And, uh, you know, he, he's got, he's got it going there. I was just surprised that, uh, that Georgia tech beat him. And, uh, so, you know, it, 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 it's going to be a very – and then how about in that bracket, then, then you have LSU and St. Bonaventure, right? I mean, d- d- don't count LSU out. Yeah, I heard you talking about LSU earlier. I, I, I'm i a little surprised that LeBlanc hasn't played as much there. I mean, I haven't watched yeah, he, him a whole played, lot. Yeah, yeah, he's played – well, don't, don't forget, they have some tremendous athletes on that team as well. You know, that game with Alabama was just a tremendous athletic display of talent. I mean, that, that, that game that went right down to the wire. I mean, yeah. both those teams, I mean, I sure wouldn't want to play either of those. You know, yeah. obviously Alabama's got the right seeding. I thought LSU should have had a little higher seed. I, I think for them to be an eight seed was kind of a, you know, a little discredit to them, although, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't that tremendous throughout the course of the year. But they, they were decent. But, but to get an eight seed, you know, I, I, I think uh, they, they, they might give Michigan all they can handle if they get by the Bonnies. Yeah, no, you're right. You've seen a lot of brackets. Did you think that there's a lot of reasons that go into this, but did you think there was any chance that they were going to try and find a way to make a Texas Tech Georgetown matchup? Well, you know, you hear all those kinds of rumors, Texas Tech Georgetown. You'd heard about San Diego State Georgetown. But uh, when when I saw Colorado up there, I said, okay, that's going to be Georgetown because I figured Georgetown would be a 12 seed. I figured that was coming up next. And there it was. Boom. When I saw Colorado, I figured that that's the matchup. Well, yeah, they also, you know, luckily Georgetown had the automatic bid because yes. if we were waiting for the at-large, we might have started to get a little nervous there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was just, it was coming down right to the end. You know, Maryland and UConn, I think, was one of the final matchups that they had. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think that they would put Maryland in there with Georgetown. I thought that would be, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, the yeah. seeds just didn't didn't quite work out for that, but it does seem like there have been years in the past where it seemed like they were making matchups, all things being equal. Well, let's just kind of do this. And I was actually, I think it would have been silly to have the Texas Tech matchup. I'm glad. I mean, people that are listening could say, well, hey, Bobby, you're still talking about it. Well, that's because I think it is relevant, but I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, no, um, I, I am too. I figured no, that that's, I think that that stuff is sailed, you know, let, let Mac do his thing out with Texas Tech and, and let, let Georgetown just battle Colorado. Yeah. So I, Rich, it's going to be a tough game. I, I don't think this is going to be an easy, easy game at all for Georgetown. Not oh, at all. no. No way. Or oh, I'm sorry. Is this going to be the first NCAA tournament game without you, other than that the, the games they played in 1942? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yep. Well, hopefully they can advance – and something can be worked out going forward. I know that the situation keeps improving all the time. It's a difficult mm-hmm. time, and obviously you'll still be calling the games, but I was just thinking, because I think they only have, right? I mean, I think in the history of Georgetown basketball, they, you know, were in the 19, was it 42? Yeah. That was and then they made the NIT. Uh, That's Wyoming, yeah. And then I think they played Pistol Pete, like in the 69 That's right. NIT. Yeah, that was the NIT, 69, 70, yeah. But at least it was back when the NIT was, you know, a much, much bigger deal. Yeah. But I think we're both going to be missing being out there, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it's just a shame that uh, I don't think for the Big East broadcasters I talked to, they're not going. So I guess everybody's going to do it from the studio. See, the problem yeah. is the teams are out there. They're already quarantined. And if you if the, the radio crews go out there, they have to be on their own. 
Well, yeah, and they've got to be, you know, positioned in a certain area. If they're not, I guess it's like tier one. Yeah, way, 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 way at the top. Now, if you're at Henkel, it's not too bad. If you're like at the Lucas Oil, you, you, you could be way at the top in the middle of nowhere. I was at the Final Four in 07 as a fan, and I did not have good tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real. Well, you know, when, when you're in those dome situations, you, 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 you don't get very good sight lines. I remember, you know, l- luckily, like when we used to play, but like in the dome and Superdome, we play, you know, the King Dome, you yeah. know, you're on the course. But, you know, now with this COVID thing that you can't get nowhere near the playing floor and, and you're, you're way up top. So you can't see a thing. Imagine in Madison Square Garden, way up in the hockey press box, you could barely see the court. So oh, it's, yeah. It's in a way, it's in a way we're glad that uh, we're going to be at the studio. At least you'll have a chance to at least see a TV close by. We are. So do you, ha- do you have any feel for this? My feel is that even though we have the unknown of the break, I think that the way Georgetown is rounding out and the way that the season has gone, I think that they're going to be a very difficult out. And I, I'm not, I'm not trying to jinx them. I know people like to get worried when I say things like this, but I think they, I think they advance to play at least another game. I think it's, I think that they're just you, on you such a, you. such a roll right now. Yeah, 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 and I'll tell you, Bobby, defense has been tremendous. Don't forget, they allowed uh, Marquette, 49, 58 to Seton Hall, and only 48 to Creighton. So, so they've they, they've done pretty well. Yeah, those are actually the two lowest scoring games that Georgetown's held a Big East opponent to in Patrick mm-hmm. Ewing's uh, time mm-hmm. here now, which is now mm-hmm. almost completing a fourth season. You know, he set the record against Marquette. And it didn't last that long because they topped it in the final. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's going to be most interesting to see. Did you see all the uh, all the action? All the coaches that got let go today. Oh yeah, DePaul. I mean that's yeah, DePaul did well. I figured that was sooner or later was going to happen. I mean, you continued to be at the bottom rung. You know, Archie Miller and all those uh, Rick Pitino. I mean, uh, you know, all, all that, all that's uh, it's interesting. Well, you know, Bobby got a win. I think DePaul is a job. I mean, you know, you've seen it. I've seen it. DePaul is a place you can win. They have a brand new arena or, you know, new in the last couple of years. I think if the right coach goes there, I don't see why they couldn't get back to respectability. I mean, they used to be for years. That was one of the best non-conference games Georgetown played. Oh, yeah. There used to be wars. We used to play that Saturday night game at Allstate Arena or the Horizon, whatever they used to call it years ago. And, uh, when when Ewing used to battle against Dallas Comages and those great games and yeah. and Mark Aguirre and all that stuff and oh yeah there there were some yeah and and don't forget like you say a brand new arena state of the art arena right there at McCormick Place you know not not that far from the uh, you know Lincoln Park campus it's right there in the heart of Chicago and and if they can get a winner going they they could really fill up the place and look look at the recruiting base you have you're you're right there in the heart of the Midwest with Chicago Indiana Illinois. I mean, look, look at all the great players that come out of there that go to different schools and don't go to DePaul. Yeah, I think it'll be good for them to get back. I mean, they've been just down mainly yeah. for, I mean, they went to the CBI final, like I think maybe two years ago, and it seemed like yeah, yeah, Lato yeah. was doing yeah. a better job. But man, it's just been, they've gotten to the point where they just need a complete a complete restart. And, you know, you, you, you see the names out there. They're talking about the coach from Loyola, Chicago. Yeah, um, Porter, yeah, Porter Boyer, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so I mean, one. yeah, he's done well at Loyola, sure, and they, he's just right down the street. Yeah, so I, I think it would be good for the league, and it would just be good for college basketball. We say the same thing about 
about St. John's, right? You know, it, yeah. and they've had obviously much more success more recently than uh, our our friends at the Blue Demons. But this is a league where you know this is the, the league's done well since the football teams made all of the different decisions yeah. that they made. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, this if if Georgetown hadn't got the automatic bid, you might have been looking at only three teams. So well, clearly, Bobby, yeah, they they, they would have definitely. Now the thing is. Let's say Seton Hall had won that game. Right, right. Maybe Seton Hall would have gotten the fourth bid. But, yeah, I mean, obviously Georgetown getting the automatic knocked out a lot of other teams. But, yeah, I mean, that, that league should get four and five teams every year automatically. I mean, that, that's a basketball conference. They, they, need to, they, they need to get four, five, six in there every year. Yeah, well, I think they had seven the one year. So, I mean, it's definitely yeah. possible in a in a different year where you've got more non-conference games and you can beef up your resumes rather than right, just right. Be, beating each other up. I think that you yeah, have yeah. the chance I, I for that. I think that was the fact. I think, I think they beat each other up. But, you know, don't forget, St. John's, St. Hall, Xavier, all, all denied. Yeah, and Butler. And Butler, you know, traditionally had been, you know, teetering on an NCAA tournament berth. So, you know, you, you had those schools that were right there. Yeah, and yeah. Xavier just keeps going up there and losing their their tournament game. You know, last year it looked like they were going to make it. Obviously, yeah. there was no tournament, but most people had them out, and then they went again and lost early as well. You know, so it's it's a interesting time. You know, I actually so we we got to talk to Patrick Ewing last night. I don't know if you were on the call or not. And um, I was not. No. Mm. Okay, so I, I kind of asked him a question. I was basically trying to see, like, which coaches spoke with him because a lot of times he talks about how he's been influenced by, you know, the Van Gundys and Clifford and Riley and Thibodeau. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, did any, of these co- did any of these coaches, you know, reach out to you? And he looked at me, well, through the Zoom, I should say, and he looked at me and goes, oh, yeah, no one's reached out to me. You know, he kind of smiled. And then he says, oh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, Charles yeah. Barkley. You know, thousands of people or I'm sorry, thousands of messages from who knows how many people. And so it wasn't the environment to ask like a really kind of like nuts and bolts uh, basketball question. It was more like big picture stuff. Um, But one of the one of the questions I want to ask whenever we do get a chance this week is, you know, what is about Colin Holloway that you like? Because that was probably like the most surprising thing from this week was that when the times got tough or there was a little foul trouble or whatever, they went to him and yeah. As opposed to over Jabari Simley. Yeah. 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 Jabari, so, Jabari, yeah. so I, I, I don't know if, if you noticed that or if you thought that that was kind of weird, but and I, I thought Colin for a guy that hasn't played a lot this year, he did really well. He did well, especially against Villanova. You know, he had, he had, I think what one key steal, one key assist. And, and, and basically I, I guess they figure he's maybe better defensively because they needed him to play defense. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad for that, that he came in and, and did well. In seven minutes, in seven minutes, he was plus 11. Now there's a lot of things yeah. that factor into that, but it's a lot better to be plus 11 than minus 11. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and he played well when he was on the floor. He didn't make many mistakes and that that's good. I think that's, that's good for a freshman, especially on that big stage when Georgetown had foul trouble. Absolutely. And then in the final, which obviously everybody was plus because they won by 25 and they were up by, what was the most they were up by? 31? Um, 31. They, uh, in, in eight minutes, he was he was plus nine. So yeah. I was talking yeah. earlier to uh, Andrew that runs the Casual Hoya account, and mm-hmm. I said the thing that comes in my head is Jarrell Benjamin. I remember when Benjamin would play a little bit here and there as a freshman, I was like, I'm surprised by that because he was playing ahead of Sims, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think this is kind of the same thing where it's a coach trusting a freshman that we're a little bit surprised about, and it's turning out to work. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I'm glad that that he, you know, he, that gives him one extra player off the bench because sometimes in the NCAA, if you get a little bit of foul trouble, you get a little bit of fatigue, you got to be able to go to your bench. And I, I'm glad he's 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 thickened up the bench a little bit. You know, he was going with seven for a long time, especially over that four day run, Bobby. You know, to, oh, yeah. to play four games, you know, they only had Ego F.A. And, and Blair off the bench. I mean, they very rarely did Sibley play and very rarely Holloway. So, you know, you, you, you were going with a seven-man rotation, and Ego F.A. played what? Only, he only averages nine minutes a game. So that right. means you get 31 out of the center position or a combination of Wahab 28 minutes and someone else taking a few more, or you, or you, you only go to two bigs as opposed to three. So, yeah, so he Pat's managed his bench quite well. No, he has. And then one last thing to get out of here on a very positive note. You know, mm-hmm. we saw the class with Marcus Derrickson, Jesse Govan, and Caleb Johnson. Marcus didn't stay the whole time, but, you know, Jesse and Caleb did. You know, unfortunately, they didn't make the tournament. And then we saw Jagan Mosley come in, you know, fan favorite. Everyone loves him. You know, he didn't make the tournament. How nice and how happy, even though, you know, selfishly, we like to be in the tournament. We like to feel like we're a part of it, you know, from covering the team and you, well, you from being the voice are definitely part of it. But how nice is it to see the kids like Jamarco and Javon make it? I mean, not even just winning the Big East tournament, which is just unbelievable, but the fact that they stayed through a lot of hard times and they're in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. I, I was glad for them, you know, and especially glad for Patrick, the way he stuck with it, the way he coached them up, the way he brought them out of the pandemic and got them on a roll. And, you know, and, and again, Bobby, you had to win four games. It was not like, okay, you win two and then you lose the next one. Successful season, sure. But th- th- this was special to make that kind of run. And, uh, you know, you got to give everybody credit. I mean, to, first of all, to maintain safety with the pandemic is number one. Okay. Yeah to keep yourself quarantined and keep yourself safe. Look at all the teams that had problems, Virginia, Duke. I mean, everybody, you know, Kansas. All these teams that, yeah, you, you, you know, all these teams had COVID problems and uh, Kansas. I mean, so, you know, and everybody had the kind of same mindset. We got to keep these kids quarantined and something slipped through the cracks. So, you know, to manage that, that's number one. And then number two, to make the run they made without injuries is also special. You know, no, nobody really got hurt. Look at, you know, Gillespie goes down. Justin Moore had trouble. I mean, a lot, a lot of guys were getting hurt. Uh, Aaron Thompson from 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 um, what do you call it was out from Butler, and Butler. then uh, Nate, Nate Johnson from Xavier got injured. So you know, his season was done. So a lot of teams lost a lot of key players. And luckily for Georgetown, they didn't have any major injuries. You're right. No, a lot of things. You know, and that's when you look back at runs. A lot of times you look back and things just sort of break your way, you know, whether it's the opponent, whether it's the fouls, whether it's, um, you know, just everything people, it just has to break your way. It has to, exactly. You have, you have to have a little bit of luck and it's got to break your way. And again, to stay injury free and, and, and COVID-19 free, you know, without another pandemic, I mean, you got to manage it right. And, uh, Hopefully they have another week now to keep things going and, and get ready for the uh, for, for uh, your Colorado Buffaloes. By the way, um, Colorado is going to the NCAA men's basketball, and so is their men's cross-country team. Can you imagine? Uh, 
Yeah, men's cross country team for Colorado is going to the NCAA or ski team, whatever it is. And uh, the, the the thing is, you know, with all that snow in Denver, uh, they were already there in, in uh, Indianapolis. But I was wondering if uh, if they were able to get out of uh, Colorado with all that snow. But I guess they went right from Vegas right to Indy. Wow. Wow. I guess I'll say the only if you want to just find one thing to complain about, mm-hmm. it's that. Georgetown didn't knock Syracuse out. I think people were really looking for that. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you want you want to hear a great story? Yeah. So, so I, I, I I'll tell you two great stories. I I I love these both. So when we played out in uh, in Tulsa against Oral Roberts years ago, and uh, at the end of the game, you know, coach goes back and and talks to Earl Ro- Oral Roberts in the locker room. You know, in fact, I had an opportunity to interview Oral Roberts during that game, which is wow. really a special special thing for me anyway so they were they went back and they were talking and 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 and, and oral roberts said to coach thomas said coach you know you have a great team we'll see you in the final four and and coach thompson looked at, at Earl roberts and said mr roberts the final one <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was kind of neat like no that means you know i want to be the final one right yeah yeah it's uh yeah, it, it 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 just brings back, you know, when you think about these great rivalries and and the icons and and how about on the day that that uh, Coach Thompson was hired 49 years ago, Georgetown wins the Big East Tournament Championship. It's just it's it's just special, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't even mention that that yeah. you know of all the problems Georgetown had this year, while the entire world of college basketball mourned for you know Big John Thompson for Georgetown and for Patrick Ewing and for all the kids yeah. on the team that get to know him because he's just always around, you know, yeah. that's just another part of this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He, he's been, a, he's been a part of that program since, since the, since the two thousands and even, even before, you know, when he used to hang around. So, so here, here's one other great story. I don't know whether they told you this. So, so one day we, we were sitting there before one of the games and there was uh, Patrick Ewing, you know, he got there a little early, of course, and Patrick Ewing Jr. And of course the grandkids, so they're out running around the court before, you know, things got started. So, yeah. so Patrick said to me again, how many years for you? And I think that time was probably either 45 or 46. And he, and he looked at Patrick Jr. and said, now he'll have a good career when he does the grandkids. And, 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 and Patrick Jr. looked at father and said, what makes you think they're going to Georgetown? <laughs> I thought that was cute when he said that. You know, like what he said, what makes you think my kids are going to Georgetown? <laughs> so I think they're going to wind up going to Georgetown, to be honest with you. But it was just kind of cute for him to say that. You know? I, th- I think there's a chance. Yeah, I think there's a chance. Well, they, they got Matumbo and, uh, you know, they had Ryan Williams and they, they had a lot of the legacy. They had mourning. So why not? Right. Why not? Can, can you do it going? Right. They're going to they're going to. And why can't we keep it going? Hopefully, Rich. There is a reason to be talking about the season next week. I know that we'll do post game pods for sure, yeah. but I'm hoping yeah. that these, I'm hoping the season pods continue. Um, everyone yeah. can follow you at Hoya's Win on Twitter. He's got all the good stuff, all the good sayings. And oh my, NCAA tournament, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. And Bobby, keep up the special work you're doing. You know, the information. You know, you just just attention to detail and all the things that's important for fans to know. You know, it's really nice. I mean, I always go to Bobby Bancroft and Casual Hoy, and it it really it helps me because you know I I get a lot of information that I don't think of. You know, especially you guys and the great research and work you do. Well, thanks. That means a lot. Uh, figure that you're out there looking at it. Hopefully, you can tell me when I'm wrong. 
Yeah, well, I, I, but believe you me, I haven't seen any yet thus far, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Rich, thanks again for coming on Kente Corner. Well, thanks again, Bobby. And... It's a pleasure. And again, keep up the great work. And uh, for Hoya fans out there, Hoya Saxon, let, let, let's bring another big, big, big NCAA tournament victory. That's the plan. Until next time, Rich. All right. Have a good night, Bobby. Thanks again.